catching in the corner of Dr. Doom's basement But he's our homie so we never ever pay rent And to the E to the RD Tobia Like a plasma cannon man you know we're steady smoking ya Comics, books, movies, and video games Are our claim to fame and recognition of name We've changed the rain but kept it the same And we hope to gain acclaim from time and again We're coming at you reaping from Walking Dead And you know we got pissed when the reading ran red A plethora of guests even more than Bill and Ted The ratings of the lost are gonna go to our head It's dangerous to go alone your iPod should have us And superheroes got our back and that you can trust We're blowing up crazy large like our name is all the wrong So let's give a hand to Dueling cause this bike is on word Hey, what's happening, Nerdtopians? Welcome to Nerdtopia. I am your host, as always, Doolin Dalton, coming back at you with another episode of Nerdy Goodness, and being joined today by somebody very special. You might not know his name yet, but you will soon. He is a writer, he is an artist, and he is the sole creative force behind the comic book project North. He is the man, the soon-to-be legend, Scott Sawyer. Scott, welcome to Nerdtopia, sir. Hi, everybody. Um, I'm just realizing now that if I could have you walk into every room that I ever walk into and do that right before <laughs> I come in, that would just be fantastic. Just kick open the door. Hey, what's happening? <laughs> Here's Scott. Oh, that was amazing. That was, was like Paul Bettany in The Knight's Tale. That was incredible. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I, I aspire to Thanks be for that. having me. No, man. It's my pleasure. Thanks for, uh, thanks for coming on the show, dude. I really appreciate it. Um, so you're working on a little project right now called North, um, and I went and I watched your Kickstarter. Uh, you, you reached out to me just, just a few days ago and said, hey, could you could you share my Kickstarter? And I said, absolutely, I'd be happy to. And uh, then I, I went and I looked into it and uh, you know learned a little bit about you know, who you are. Um, and so, for instance, I learned, you know, we both grew up with comic books, which was, you know, some, was the first thing that drew me to your project. You're not oh, just absolutely. you're not just some artist that got pulled in off the streets like, oh, you want to do some artwork here? Work on a comic book. You had a passion for comic books, and uh, you know yeah. I I grew up with that as well. I uh, used to doodle comic book superheroes in my notebooks, and you think about how great it would be to write my own comics, and you did it, man. Um, so. Just before we launch into the project, just who is Scott Sawyer? Tell us a little bit about who you are. Well, I'm uh, kind of a small town boy in a sense. I grew up in northern Ontario in Canada mm-hmm. uh, in a, a city called Sudbury. And uh, I was uh, I would say that I endured my scholastic career. I didn't actually enjoy it. Uh, <laughs> I was uninspired and uninterested by most things in uh, curriculum from you know, kindergarten all the way up through university and college, mm-hmm. uh, and stayed the course. And I don't know whose course it was, but I stayed it. <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, I uh, found my my uh, found the value of pursuing the arts and the passions therein uh, after I left school. So it was a li- little bit of a late starter. And uh, much like yourself, um, I, I tried my hand uh, at acting mm-hmm. uh, and uh, filmmaking as well. So uh, I'm I'm actually. I spent about 14 years in Toronto pursuing that, and I would say that I could probably coach seminars on how not to have a film career. And they would come <laughs> in droves. <laughs> they would come in droves to learn all the things that you should not do if you want to get ahead well, it's in like, film. It's like Edison um, said. He didn't fail a uh, you know, hundred times. He just learned a hundred ways not to do it. <laughs> oh, yes. No, it was great. And you know what's funny is that, uh, not to dwell too long on, on that path, but I certainly, uh, it was a, a natural transition for me uh, six years ago because I had already been writing scripts for probably nine years or so at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was for television or film or most of which never ever saw the screen. But it does 
uh, does leave you a better writer uh, over time. And uh, t- taking a crack at the, I, I remember not drawing sequential art, but rather just pinups all the time. And even though I was getting to be a better artist along the way, mm-hmm. uh, I had no, there's no story and it's not that much fun to draw without a story. <laughs> you, know, you want to draw comic books, but you draw three pages of some sort of cliched superhero action and suddenly you realize you don't know where you're going sure uh and then it fizzles and then uh, you know uh, so having a story that i spent three years uh all told writing Mm -hmm. uh, and editing was it felt right and uh, of course when you learn the importance of story uh in film and uh i was also uh saddled with the the painful awareness of how many people trying to make Canadian films. I, I, I'm not sure how much you guys know about Canadian well, film, but I know, I know uh, a bit. I know it's, I know it's big up. I know it's big up there, essentially, especially in the uh, Toronto uh, area. Well, you know, and it also struggles. It's, it's, uh, it's kind of, uh, uh, there's a system up here that seems, um, you know, it, although it can turn out some wonderful stuff, more often it turns out stuff that uh, leaves much to be desired. And we, uh, we, we consume a ton of American and, uh, and uh, international films and yet seem, largely incapable of uh producing great great stuff so sure, anyhow sure. uh i realized that there's a lot of cliches that you fall into especially when you're a lot of people make it an exercise if you're making something with a national identity mm-hmm. it becomes a flag flag waving exercise yeah yeah uh, sure. instead of a, a good story told about good characters and and that's a, a pitfall that i was very aware of uh, when i tackled this so canada-based story canada-based heroes yeah but try not to make it just about that because that sucks, and then you alienate not only Canadians but other people who don't know what the heck you're talking about. So. Well, that that and that kind of you make an excellent excellent point there, and that kind of like leads me into um, the next question I was going to ask you was, uh, you know, you have this story you've been working on for the past three years, um, mm-hmm. and so you know what what kicked around what what was the inception of the concept of north did you uh did you decide that you wanted to write a comic book and then you sought the inspiration or did the inspiration just hit you and you said i will write a comic book out of this well what's funny is i think that uh, it's weird Uh, i don't want to sound cheesy or anything but there's (laughs) sometimes there's a trance that you feel like you fall into when you're writing or creating something and uh yeah when you're on the other side of it it's very hard to explain uh, sure, sure. But I would say that there were many characters that I had drawn over many years. A lot of these stories were inspired by illustrations. Uh, and even though I wasn't yet into my writing comics uh, uh, gear, there was a lot of people there with stories and fragments that I that I never really forgot. And I kind of kept them in files, literally and, and mentally, uh, just for another day. And uh, it, it really, I think, became... I think there was a series of characters that I was whipping up that had their own little kind of inklings of stories. And then I quickly realized that there was an opportunity. I saw a generational uh, storyline kind of unfolding. And I realized that uh, that paired with the fact that there was largely only one Canadian superhero that I remember growing up with. And aside from the very obvious uh, contributions (laughs) from Marvel and such, uh, you know, uh, the, 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 I'm always getting questions like, oh, if someone sees one of my characters that has a maple leaf on him, it's like, oh, Captain Canuck. And I'm like, well, yeah, but no. <laughs> yeah, but no. Yeah. <laughs> Not at all, actually. But, but yeah. yeah. Uh, and also, you know, Wolverine, Alpha Flight. I mean, Absolutely. these were all little nods to Canadian culture. And, uh, and you know, it's funny. I don't want to, especially, uh, you, you guys are based in uh, Florida, yes? Uh, I'm in North Carolina. 
but uh, North. Sorry, apologies. No, no, that's okay. Apologies. No worries. No worries. I'm from um, Florida from originally. Geographical ignorance. No, no, I, I'm from um, Florida originally. So you probably that's probably where you got that from. Oh, okay, got it. Um, but uh, it's. I had a, a, a thought in my mind that you know Captain America probably gave birth to Captain Canuck, and that was a character from Canada that everybody kind of knew about. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't that it was a household name because geekery was still an obscure thing back then. And yeah, uh, yeah, we were at the huddled masses in the, in the shadows. Yeah. Well, we talk <laughs> about that Street. a lot about how, you know, it, it, you know, but it, it's just, it, the geekery has become such a mainstream thing now. Whereas, you know, 20 years ago, probably when you and I were kids, it was not so much the case. Oh no. Well, uh, in fairness, 20 years ago, I was still a 20 year old man. <laughs> I'm an old I'm, man. I'm, not, I'm not too quick. much. I'm, I'm not too far behind you. <laughs> Fair enough. Thanks for the kindness. Um, but uh, there was a uh, a realization at some point that you know, had I the opportunity to make the quintessential Canadian hero, what would that look like? Now, in a team book, of course, it's not about at all about any one character, but it does. It was nice to actually not just make it an attempt to try and revamp one character and how I would do it. Uh, but I realized Captain Canuck growing up didn't have any competition. And I think right. I've said uh, to some people before talking about North that, you know, good things come from competition. Well, and then, you know, it and, raises the bar and, and pushes people to, you know, everything. It inspires people. It pushes them. And uh, Captain Canuck was kind of the only. And I and I yeah. just realized, you know, later on when I was doing this book, I was like, there's a lot of people throwing their hat in the ring these days. And uh, I guess I just wanted to do that, not only because I love comics, but also because I was like, you know, we, we kind of deserve a book that you know speaks to us not exclusively but at least you know is is i i tried to write a book that we would have looked to have grown up with and i hope that i've achieved that because god knows the amount of stories that i've consumed via comics mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know i uh it's it's good i'm glad that i waited until i was in my mid-30s before i tackled the writing um <laughs> because i think that uh a younger att- uh, an earlier attempt would have just been a younger me and it wouldn't have been nearly as it wouldn't have been what it is today which again still has to get out into the world and, and prove itself. But uh, I like my odds at this age. <laughs> well, yeah. And I, and I know what you're, you, you mean about having that, uh, I guess you kind of found that niche there because, uh, you know, when you think of American superheroes, you know, of course you have the obvious Captain America and then, you know, you have of course Superman who is, you know, born of the oh, Midwest yeah. and then, you know, always flying the flag and even, even Wonder Woman to a degree and several others. I mean, there's, there's been many, many others. Um, and so, yeah, Canada really didn't have that real flagship character except for maybe that one. So, you know, in, in writing, uh, this comic book North, I think you really have found kind of a niche there that's going to appeal to, you know, not only, not only your fellow Canadians, but I think, you know, a lot of us down here in the States will probably buy into that as well because, you know, it's like you said, we don't have uh, we, we don't have a lot of characters representing our northern neighbors. Well, you know, it's funny that uh, I, Alpha Flight had a pretty good run uh, by by most standards uh, back in the eighties, and uh, I, I can't remember what the final count was on the issues, but a friend of mine owns all of them, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and that was John Byrne that actually was the artist and writer for that. Yeah, okay. uh, so you know, somebody was thinking about it at some point, and had he was well positioned to uh, tell his story. Uh, you know, so yeah, as far as as far as the international thing goes, though, it's funny because I, I was um, I'm almost always a little leery of the angle because I don't want that to be the angle. Okay. You know, um, it's uh, it's funny. Even when I wrote the book, I was like, don't 
make this a flag waving <laughs> exercise. Don't fall into cliche. Don't put any beavers in there. Don't put <laughs> no, any no mounties. Like, don't, don't put a, you know. <laughs> exactly. Stay away you from know, that. like there's just yeah. Don't don't even fly a Canadian flag. Don't do that. Like just yeah. But then wrap a wrap a superhero in one. That's okay apparently. But anyway. Uh, you know, um, I remember reading Excalibur as a kid, and that was a uh, mm. a team based in Britain with the figurehead of the team being uh, a Brit. Yeah. Uh, you know, and uh, and I don't know. I we'll we'll see. I wanted to keep the story about the characters and about their personal journeys and and uh, and challenges and stuff. And mm-hmm. you know, like I said, uh, the responsibility is to tell a good story, not to uh, appease fellow Canadians. But if it does both, then great. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you and we'll. Go, I wanted to go ahead and, and uh, talk a little bit about uh, North. Just, I mean, I watched the I watched the Kickstarter, and I was I was sold on the video. Um, oh, thanks. No, 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 no problem. And it's like That's I said, it's, it's an original. It's an original story, you know, and it's um, you know, it tells that classic superhero tale, but at the same time, kind of doing its own thing. Um, so. Just kind of launch into a little bit. Just kind of give us a brief synopsis of the story of North. I am forever trying to hone one of those down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. I, I know it's really you difficult when you have hopefully... something you're passionate about and someone's like, well, just tell me a little bit about it. And you, you can't really because you have so many thoughts and ideas and it's so it's all over the place. But uh, it, it's, as best do, you can. I, I will do my best. Okay. Uh, okay. So North is uh, the story – of uh, the, the Canadian superhero uh, phenomenon, which had a representation back in the 80s. There was an age of heroes uh, that was very small by comparison to our American cousins. And uh, and I wanted that to be also reflective of the industry itself because uh, we consumed as children all of the American stuff and it had very little of our own. <laughs> okay. uh, so... Uh, and yet it and yet the American stuff was our own because you know it, it 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 you guys were the pioneers and we were kind of we were kind of like catching up in my opinion okay. uh and i'm uh anyway see I already went off course <laughs> no, 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 um, no it's fine it's fine okay north is uh, a story about back in the eighties when this small age of heroes ended catastrophically badly for uh the main hero, which was the kind of the Canadian captain America and he's called major snow. Okay. And the villain is named Lord Rain. Rain yep. And these two go out in a blaze of glory. <laughs> and it kind of ends up serving as a cautionary tale. Okay. Uh, for 30 years, no one really dons the capes or the, or the tights. So the story picks up present time uh, 30 years later when the orphan daughter of that hero named Casey mm-hmm. uh, finds out that the man, the villain who killed her father, had actually staged his own death and has been hiding living the good life for the last 30 years so she bands together a bunch of people uh she's a person of means because she inherited that she's kind of like a spoiled bruce wayne character uh minus the strength of character but she's stubborn and and uh, impetuous so she ends up gathering up all these people with different abilities none of whom are trained for the task at hand to go after and and uh subdue this old dormant uh supervillain who's now in his 80s Okay. They end up biting off way more than they can chew and accidentally set off the second age of heroes in Canada. So I wanted to create a mythology mm-hmm. and even a little bit of a history as well, as though it were always there, which is kind of fun. Sure. Because it wasn't. <laughs> um, you know, so. A lot of times, like, and I thought about this when I watched your uh, your Kickstarter too. I mean, the story sounds amazing. 
But uh, when you when I see like when I was watching the the generational superhero gap, uh, you know there was the first generation, then the second generation. This is about the second generation, um, and, and I, I kind of got maybe a little bit of a taste of uh, Alan Moore in there. Maybe like a little bit of Watchmen. Did you pull any inspiration from that by chance? I would say not consciously, and yet, yeah. And I think Alan Moore kind of so he created the quintessential uh, look at obviously the generational aspect of it, like he capitalized on that, which made it, made it wonderful. Uh, but also his, his take on existing mythology. Like, uh, I guess the short answer is I was inspired by Alan Moore's stuff whenever I read it. So I have no doubt that my subconscious <laughs> carried with it sure. a, a lot of his work. Hey, well, I mean, if, if, if you drew inspiration from that, then that's because that's awesome because he's one of the greats. Uh, but that was actually one of the things that drew me to the story because I'm such a big fan of Alan Moore. And I saw this and I said, ooh, you know, gener- you know, first generation, next gen uh, sounds like an amazing story. Um, I, I literally have something up on my phone right not as I'm talking to you, obviously, but there's something up on my phone from Facebook. A friend of mine posted it and it's Alan Moore talking about uh, – how authors should be going to the small publishing companies instead of the big ones. And I actually haven't read it yet. It was on my list of things to do tonight, but yeah, I'm uh, curious to see what he has to say, given the fact that we're actually uh, at this point, kind of the intent is to self publish. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, if, if he says it, then, you know, I agree. He's always been kind of very anti establishment, but I don't want to like go off on a rant about Alan Moore, but um, yeah, he can but, afford yeah. to be here at this point. I think, I don't know if I can, but uh, no, he's, he's, he's one of the greats. And if you drew inspiration from that, then even better. Um, so quick, uh, I just want to ask some follow-up questions on the, on the plot. Cause Please. these are, these are things like, uh, I'm like, I'm like asking myself as I'm watching your, uh, your, your Kickstarter video, Casey Van Allen, um, yeah. she gets a lead on, you know, how to, how to perhaps find Lord rain or the fact that Lord raid had, faked his death so to speak um mm-hmm. who the once legendary major snow so right off the bat we have a, a strong female protagonist which i think is awesome um did she did she know her father did she have any kind of relationship with him and was she close to him when he died and did she know who he was <laughs> that's all a right, lot of questions all, sorry <laughs> she didn't know him uh, she, she did not know and him. Uh, and i think that to some degree that was kind of she grows up with kind of a, a chip on her shoulder she has some 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 issues uh with that and and uh and they show like she she has a lot to prove um she knows who her father was mm-hmm. and never had the benefit of knowing him and even is kind of saddled with the task of she chooses it but it's the task of going after her villain or his villain mm-hmm. you know like this is his job unfinished so it's a it's a big responsibility and uh, psychologically, um, you know, she's she is really at the beginning of her journey as a, as a character. Sure. Uh, and uh, yeah, she's kind of a pain in the ass. I kind of like her. <laughs> well, I mean, that's that's perfect. You know, give her, make her strong, <laughs> give her flaws. Uh, but is she is she metahuman? Does she have any powers or abilities herself? Well, this the, you're going to have to redefine that. Going to have to redefine it. There's some stuff about Casey. There's some stuff about Casey, right. but you got to read it. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. I don't. Yeah, I don't want you to give too much away. Um, and now I want to move on to uh, you know behind you know if if you think back to like some of some of the classic epic sagas like you know uh, I'll get, just throw one out there for instance you know Star Wars of course is like you know mm. the great classic of our time. One of the first things you 
see is, or you can remember is, you know, Darth Vader walking through those doors and you know, the instrumental swell. And I feel like that's probably the standard that's been set a long time ago in that behind every great saga is a great memorable villain. Um, yeah. So we have the arch villain Lord Rain, who uh, staged his death several years ago. And of course, you know, a lot of the great mystery is going to be surrounding, you know, what happened to him? Where has he been? Um, and he was, and just to make sure I know, he was the arch nemesis of Major Snow, correct? Yes, yes, sir, he was. Okay. Uh, and interestingly enough, I mean, you're striking chords, of course, Star Wars, uh, uh, My Daughter's Four, mm-hmm. and she could tell you so much about just about any movie you choose. Uh, <laughs> and that might be early by some people's standards, but I've been raising her all day, so she's she's actually quite a mature little kid for her age. Okay. Uh, and so Star Wars is, is near and dear to me and, and my, my family, my brother. Uh, and it's interesting because uh, when you mentioned uh, villains and the quintessential uh, villain and, and the bar being set by, or the standard becoming uh, Darth Vader, mm-hmm. um, it's interesting to hear the, a lot of the criticism about Kylo Ren, uh, and, and they really were insulted by the fact that he wasn't the biggest, baddest dude in the universe, but rather he was prone to emotional outbursts and <laughs> seemed like a whiny little, little uh, emo kid. Sure, uh, sure. And and it was funny because from a writing standpoint, I loved that because yeah, Vader was from a different time and and uh, and place, and it was wonderful to uh, you know he 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 resonates to this day. Uh, having said that, there it wasn't because he had a ton of layers, and and yet he did. If you really rewatch the series uh, with a careful eye, you realize that that was uh, a dad. Uh, somehow always, he was always a dad when he found out what was going on and who Skywalker was. Mm-hmm. He really, there's so many times where he could have, would have, should have killed him and didn't. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so many times where he tried to save him. Yeah, he tried to turn him to the dark side, but to be with him as well. Like there was a, uh, anyways, without going on too far no, about no, no, that, Kylo Ren, I, I tried to add some layers to my character. And of course, I'm not saddled with expectation because this is the brand new uh, concept. So, uh, you know, I hope that the fact that I have given uh, this villain some layers mm-hmm. and haven't just made him, you know, bent on world domination just because that's what villains do. Oh, no, those are the uh, best kind. You know, go ahead. No, no, those are the best kind. You know, it's when you have those villains that have the layers, not somebody that just up in one day says, I'm going to rule everything because I'm powerful. Like, those are boring villains. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, you know, for instance, I think, you know, some of the best villains that are out there are, you know, as you said, Vader, uh, because as you said, you can sympathize with them, especially when you learned what he came from. Uh, you know, another example, uh, you know, uh, a lot of people didn't like the movie, but Zod from Man of Steel, you could see what his, what his plight is. He's not out to destroy. Trying to save the species. Yeah. yeah, exactly. He was he yeah. was he was a hero in his own right, and that's kind of that's kind of the standard that I like to see in a lot of the things I read is that is the fact that every villain is the hero in their own story, and I think that uh, based on what I'm being told here, we're going to learn a little bit about Lord Rain, who he is, and why he's doing what he's doing. It's probably not simply just to destroy. You know what? I, I at this point I'm like, oh, what do I make public and what do I hold back <laughs> on? But you know what? Given that the second issue uh, already touches on his motivation, um, 
it's not a problem. I don't consider this too big of a giveaway. Okay. Uh, I'll take Lord that. Am, I any, am is... I getting an exclusive right now? Cause, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you have to renounce it like the beginning of the interview. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I, uh, so Lord Rain is the result of bullying. Okay. Uh, you know, this, this is one of those things I, I don't really, I wasn't saddled with big responsibilities or, you know, patriotism has been covered as a subject related to North, but certainly, uh, if I had anything to say or I wanted to touch on any themes, I, I remember very vividly my own experiences with, and worse yet, the experiences of others with bullying coming up through uh, through school. And uh, sure. I just wanted to do. I don't want to. No, I don't want to say do my part. I wanted to draw some attention to this because you know when I have I have a kid now, and honestly, like she's the most important thing in my world. Mm-hmm. And there are things that I worry about preemptively on her behalf. And I think that, you know, funny enough, it was even before her, but I think that I always had this haunting kind of memories of, of what that does to children. And I thought, why don't you make a villain that is the result of that? Yeah. Why and, not? you know, instead of crumbling and in some cases people, you know, go the suicide route, it's like terrible things happen to people because of bullying. Mm-hmm. What if this guy turned it and became the, the baddest dude in the, in that, in that universe, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and I wanted him to have a hatred, like a deep-seated hatred and resentment for a lot of the things that he had um, growing up and what happened to him. And uh, and I wanted that to be shaped. And I also wanted it to play into uh, who he targets. Right. You okay. know, in life, it's not just about, you know, wiping out the, the planet or anything like that, nor dominating it. But in his way, he kind of wants to rewrite it. He sees this incredible wrong. Mm-hmm. And all the levels that it kind of is allowed to exist on, and he he exists to counter that. And it's funny because uh, he probably made his peace with a lot of things, mm-hmm. but it's Casey that ends up kicking the bees' nest by going after him. Oh, okay. So, so she yeah. she stirs up the trouble herself. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a guy who's been dormant for thirty years. I mean, she I mean, she's not he, without motivation. I think you know she wants to know what happened to her father, obviously. Oh yeah. But, yeah. Uh, she's probably even wondering if, uh, you know, what, he, maybe he's he still he alive, really dead? you know, I mean, that's, I was just, that was the other thing I thought, well, like, well, if he came out of hiding, maybe right. her father's still alive, you know, who's, well, who's actually to say? what happened is he fell into, uh, icy waters and was encased. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I, was, that's, that's I wasn't going to knock that's it. I'm guy. like, Oh, okay. I'm like, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but until a family of beavers find him, in case <laughs> and, and then it was uh, raised by Canadian Mounties, and uh, no, 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 no. Um, no. But I think, and you know, and a lot of your readers could probably sympathize with that. Like you know, me as, as a kid growing up, you know, I was I was picked on and pushed around a lot as well. And you know, I think a lot of us probably were because kids kids can be cruel, they really uh-huh. can. And then you know, you, you grow up and you are better for it. But I think that is uh, a really clever way to paint your villain in a very uh empathetic or impact i'm sorry a sympathetic light so that uh you know you a lot of people could probably sympathize with him and see where he's coming from so i'm i'm kind of excited i want to see i want to see uh this villain and where where he comes from and what he's about um and another thing i kind of wanted to know is uh the synopsis of north tells us that uh, heroes south of the border in America are alive and well, and they kind of have, like, their own sort of golden age of superheroes that are happening down there, which is obviously disconnected from this story, probably something that may or may not be mentioned in the background. Um, 
but as you said, you're you're building your own mythology of superheroes here, uh, which is a great and exciting thing, and it leaves the door wide open for things in the future. So, my question is, uh, let's say you know further down the road here, you know you you move further in the series. Um, do you ever maybe see any of these uh, Canadian superheroes perhaps venturing to the south, or maybe some of these heroes from the north? I'm sorry, from the South coming up across the border and maybe meeting some of their American counterparts in the series? Yeah, well, you know what's interesting is that I uh, I had a lot of fun with that aspect of it. And um, I actually I, I had a, a group of characters called the U.S. Ringers. <laughs> and uh, they are people that are brought in by Lord Rain to basically uh, serve as the, the muscle uh, behind his operations. He does consider himself kind of a grand conductor. Okay. Uh, he has he has elements of the the arrogance of doom. I think in some cases, uh, and maybe even some old skull. Like I think he was definitely reminiscent of some some of my favorite old villains back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, he so the American uh, culture is referenced in a few. There's actually a character named Freebird, okay. um, which I had fun because I know that's a Steve Miller song. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. But uh, he is someone who. When the flare-up of Canadian uh, heroics starts to happen again, uh, the watchful eye of, of the American government is on Canada. Mm-hmm. So he ends up they end up getting a visit from uh, someone who's kind of just shows up to do a little bit of posturing and checking in. It's almost like someone has some very powerful weapons very close to the border and we just thought we'd come over and say hi and just uh, remind just thought, you of a yeah, few things so. <laughs> just thought we poke our head in and see what you're doing <laughs> yeah there's nothing yeah, to do so with this that, massive and weapon then, of course that's on the good guy side and then on the bad guy side if i could use simple terms uh we have um these ringers that are bought in by the very wealthy lord rain to mm-hmm. kind of uh deal with the this group that has kind of reared their head and stands to get in his way so um the, these, these the ringers American characters them. are uh um, only one of them is actually kind of flying the American colors, and then the rest of them are just kind of, uh, you know, random thugs for hire. But they are all kind of uh, interesting in their own way. And uh, some of them were invented just for the story, and some of them were based on sketches I did when I was in like, early years in high school. So it's it's kind of exciting to see these guys be given uh, a little bit of a life. They were dug up from, in some cases, from, uh, you know, old... Uh, old portfolio cases filled with uh, aging old pencil mm-hmm. sketches and such. So. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and that's, uh, you know, that was something I kind of wanted to maybe touch on a little bit too if it came up, you know, if, you know, you, if you, you know, what were some of the characters that you might have cooked up that maybe, you know, got tossed to the side and were perhaps collecting dust, but now I know this is, you, you kind of took them out, dusted them off and said, all right, we can go ahead and fit these guys in right here. Yeah. Uh, well, let's see. One of them uh, you won't see for uh, at least a few issues, uh, and that is uh, Ren is one of them. And uh, he is kind of the, right down to the saber, he is kind of a arrogant, pretty, uh, highly deadly and very skilled uh, man. But he's such a gentleman mm-hmm. <laughs> in the midst of any ass-kicking. Um, and he's kind of a pompous scoundrel, great with the ladies, <laughs> oh, those great are always, with the sword. Those are always the best. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know right down to the long flowing hair uh and a wol- i would say i don't want to say wolverine-esque but certainly somewhat fashioned uh after the the kind of the sharp features uh above the eyes and stuff uh and uh yeah he's great uh there's another one 
I got a kick out of this one. This guy, I call him the alabaster salamander. <laughs> that one's funny. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as, as funny as that sounds, uh, he's, he's not to be trifled with. And he is, uh, he has the, he's a, a master thief and assassin and can, uh, he, he looks creepy and he's, he's, he doesn't speak at all. He's, he's completely mute. So uh, his mm-hmm. deadliness doesn't come with an explanation nor do his intentions. Right. Uh, so he was very fun and he's kind of just in a bodysuit and kind of a- ambiguously so. so we're really not sure what side of the fence he's uh, playing on, but uh, he's, um, he's one of them. Uh, I have a character that I thought was very reminiscent of the old Rhino and the old Spidey uh, cartoons oh, yes. and the old comic books. And his name is Mammoth. <laughs> so you gotta have the enforcer uh, in there. <laughs> sorry, Doolin, what? Uh, I just said you gotta have the enforcer in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, he's great, and he's also somebody that was in the fray years ago with Lord Rain. He's kind of like an old retired guy that still resides in prison. So, so he might uh, have Lord Rain actually uh, ends up calling him to his side to uh, to do his bidding again. So he might have a little bit of uh, information or exposition to give down the road. So interesting. Right. I like it. Cool. <laughs> Good. I hope I'm, so. I'm, if I'm... I've done my job with the writing, then, <laughs> you know, it, it's been, like I said, it's been three years of uh, writing. And it's been another three years of illustration. Uh, right wow. now, I have almost completed the third issue, mm-hmm. uh, pencils wise. And we have this incredible colorist who's based in Germany. He's a wonderful guy and an incredibly uh, efficient worker. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's done the sample pages. So any uh, colored art you've seen of North, uh, that's my his colors on top of my pencils, and I'm so glad to have him. His name's Falk, mm-hmm. wonderful guy. Okay. Uh, we have um, uh, where was I going with that? Oh, the uh, yeah, the illustrations. So three issues done, uh, or darn close to done actually, and we have 14 plotted. So that's written, plotted, that's great. and that's your that's volume one of, of North, because yes, I do have plans someday to go beyond that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so whether that's in a continuous series or whether we decide to relaunch it as a second uh, volume, I don't know, but uh, you know, it, it's been a ton of fun. The mm-hmm. Kickstarter's been uh, far better than I ever could have dreamed. Um, we had, in eight days, we hit our first target. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the first issue, and uh, we've been since then trying to re- kind of regroup and figure out, well, what the heck do we do now? Because we didn't anticipate <laughs> that kind of success. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so it's, it's, a, it's a, a good problem, problem to have. have. Go ahead. I said it's a good problem to have. It is. It is. I'm sorry. I'm talking over you. So oh much. no, no worries. No worries. Um, yeah. The uh, so what we've done is basically I've thought about this, and I've actually talked to a lot of people as well. Sometimes when you're uh, you're enjoying the art aspects, you uh, you know you can easily neglect some of the more important uh, aspects of a project, getting it out into the world, for example. So I've been schooled quickly and 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 uh, with no punches pulled on the realities of, of comics and getting one off the ground these days. And although there are different avenues, uh, there certainly seems to be uh, a lot of people moving towards digital to discover and or purchase their comic books. Uh, and of course, being the vintage that I'm from, mm-hmm. uh, I was thinking, okay, so we're going to have a budget that's going to be for uh, all the people to get their hard copies, all sure. the donors, and then we get as many prints as we can possibly uh, afford and get them out onto shelves. And the truth of the matter is, is that there's uh, no way that we could contend with some of the uh, marketing the sheer volume, uh, all of it, it it's for of major companies. We, we can't compete. We shouldn't pretend to be them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've been rethinking, especially now that we've passed. Uh, we were actually at the halfway mark to our stretch goals now. 
And the way that I've been thinking about this now is that we may actually be able to, after uh, making good on all our promises to uh, to donors, mm-hmm. uh, we might actually be able to have close to three uh, issues, colored and ready and up, available for people uh, on different platforms or our own uh, specific platform uh, digitally. So, uh, in, you know, right now I can't justify uh, comic books that would sit on shelves and because we weren't properly marketed, they would sit there. I've had comic book shop owners mm-hmm. say, I've helped projects like this before and they bring a bunch of comics and they sit on the shelves and sure. the ones that do really, really well, uh, one guy pointed out the fact that he's got small independent titles right now that are outselling the big two mm-hmm. uh, oh, in wow. their own way. And they're doing this because they built their, their uh, readership online. Mm-hmm. And these books are being printed because the demand is there, and they're being bought because the demand is there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I could very easily fall into the trap of, of producing, you, you know, blowing every dime and every nickel on copies, and then finding myself not much further along than I was in terms of exposure. So right. what I would like to do is plan for this, and uh, and I, of course after making or honoring promises to the donors, making sure that we're responsible to the project itself long term, and and uh, who knows, uh, maybe even, you know, someday uh, turn a profit. <laughs> well, I mean, you know <laughs> what they say, you know, social media is your friend, and it sounds like you're you're going about the, the right way. You've been on, I think, two other podcasts at this point now, I think. Is that correct? Uh, you know what? I think it might be three or four. Okay. Um, yeah, you've lost count. That, <laughs> does that make you feel dirty? I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> but I, I, you know what? With you, it, it was like the first time all over again. <laughs> I bet you say that all, to all the podcasters, Scott. No, <laughs> no it's a it's a pleasure. And you know what? Everyone, every one of them, uh, turns a different, takes a different direction, and, and covers different things. And, and thanks to your questions, of course, this time is uh, is no exception. So well, thank you. you're quite a good interviewer. Well, I don't you know if you're going to put that in or not, but you're welcome no. to. <laughs> no, man, it was no. It's definitely uh, it was definitely a pleasure having having you on, having you talk about it. I was. I was interested before, but now I'm I'm definitely looking forward to seeing uh, seeing this. Um, when when do you do you have like a, a set timeline for when the uh, the first will be available? Well, we've got uh, for the donors, uh, they will be getting the first books out, and those ones will be on uh, in December, I believe. Okay. I would like to get them out well uh, before Christmas, just in case anyone's thinking that okay. in terms of gifts. Uh, we also have some people who've come in for some very large rewards, uh, which I didn't anticipate that either. But uh, uh, one gentleman's uh, purchased something for his kids, which is them showing up in a in uh, some of the pages of the book. Okay. Uh, so little cameos and stuff. So yeah, for that reason especially, I would like to uh, make sure we get it done before December or sorry uh, before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of being available on the stands, like right now. Uh, I will make that or book even digitally, available. even even digitally. Is, I said even oh, yeah, digitally. Digitally, yeah. digitally it, well, the first book should be available uh, in December, if not before that. But I don't want to per- like I don't want to uh, insult my donors by making them the second batch of people that get you know get the book. Sure. Um, I just think that would be in bad taste. So in all likelihood, the dam breaks on December, and uh, the world uh, gets to see north. All right. Fantastic.
the the beaver dam gets <laughs> whatever you know it's funny there's probably a bunch of american listeners going what's with the beaver references because <laughs> one of the one of the jokes about canadian culture is that you guys don't know a damn thing about us right. <laughs> and uh well, and that's why i care. kept making the mount i kept making the mountie jokes i was like oh let me just go with whatever uh canadian stereotype i can dig out that's that's Julian, the only one if you're not part of the solution you're part of the problem buddy no <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry just kidding. I'm just joking around with you, but um, have a good day, eh? (laughs) Exactly. But no, you know, though it's you know talking to you, you really seem to be passionate about the project, and I think that that is where true art comes from is passion. And in the comic books today, I feel that a lot of the passion has been lost as writers and artists just kind of toil away on something that has been more or less just kind of become a job for some of them. And in stepping in and coming forward and deciding yourself that you're going to create something you've you've told the world like you know what i can bring something better to the table i will bring something better to the table and just speaking to you about it i am super excited about north and i'm sure that uh, everybody that's helped support you into this endeavor is excited about it as well otherwise they wouldn't be supporting you um, so there it is, man. De- uh, December, uh, ish, uh, stay tuned. Uh, if you guys, if you follow, uh, me here on Nertopia, I'll make sure to, uh, post it when it becomes available. Uh, you can also follow, uh, Scott's page on Facebook North. You can follow his Twitter and, uh, the Kickstarter, which I have posted, but I will post it again in the, uh, in the link of this podcast when it goes up. So oh, thanks so much, Stuart. Oh no, it's my pleasure, man. It's uh, it's it's great. I just it's just great to talk to a, a fellow nerd and an artist who uh, just really wanted to bring something to the table, and uh, I'm I'm super excited about it. So we will definitely uh, keep our eyes northward, so to speak. <laughs> Listen, thanks for doing what you do. We uh, appreciate it. Oh no, my pleasure, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining me here today. And, uh, Take care, bud. Uh, thanks. That's going to be a wrap for uh, Welcome to Nertopia. I'm Dylan Dalton today, being joined by... Scott Sawyer. There you go. <laughs> thanks for nerding out with us, guys. Have a good night. <laughs>